Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This podcast is created for hungry entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, personal development resources, and actionable tips. Now for your host, Jason Wright. What is going on, everybody? This is Jason Wright, and this is episode number 96, Reinventing You with Dory Clark. What is happening, my friends? Today's episode is brought to you by FunnelVisionCourse.com. You guys have been looking for a simple explanation on how funnels and email marketing and automation all work. Check out this completely free three-day course that I put together for you, funnelvisioncourse.com. Check it out. Well, today we are going to talk to Dory Clark, awesome, awesome guest, done a lot of really cool things. But before we get into our conversation, I want to talk to you guys about something uh, in kind of a general sense, but it's something that I see in my own life and see in other people's lives far too often. Don't feel like you need to keep doing the same thing that you've always done just for the sake you know, of doing it or because you always have. So just because you've worked in a career field for 10 years, if you hate it, try something new. You, know, you get to do this whole life thing one time. Don't keep doing it just because that's what you've been doing for 10 years. Like as simple and as silly as that may sound, it happens to people all the time. People do that all the time. You know, a job is an example, but it could be just a habit or routine. You know, if you're not liking the results of something, do something different. You know, if that involves reinventing yourself or just surrounding yourself with new people or whatever the case may be, so be it. Give it a shot. See what happens for you. You may find a much happier existence or a much better experience for, you know, your business or your life. Either way. All right, we are going to check out a conversation I had today with Dory Clark. Um, Dory is uh, an awesome guest and some really, really good things. I will introduce all that to you here in a moment uh, when her and I speak. So get comfortable, pay attention, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. What is happening, everybody? I've got another wonderful guest with me this week. I've got Dory Clark with me. Let me tell you what I know about Dory. She's a marketing strategy consultant, a speaker, an author, a branding expert. She's been featured on a ton of podcasts, a ton of TV spots, and in the news. She's a regular contributor to the Harvard, Harvard Business Review. She's been featured in the Associated Press, Fortune, Inc., among others. Dory, welcome to the show. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. No problem. I actually considered going through the full list, but I was like, the podcast would be like two hours long, so I try to <laughs> condense that a little bit. Um, I'd really love to hear about your, you're obviously doing a lot of awesome things. Uh, I'd love to hear about your journey. Where'd all this begin for you to, to where you are now? Well, in in many ways for me, the, the journey began when I got laid off from my first job. I, uh, I was a newspaper reporter, and I had been doing that for just about a year, uh, only a year after graduate school. And one day I really unexpectedly got laid off. And I had been assuming that I would just make a career in journalism, but that did not happen. And when I tried to get another job 
there nobody was hiring it was really the the beginning of the decline of the newspaper industry and so i was forced to reinvent myself and that process and what i learned from it led me to write my first book reinventing you and um, i have been working for myself doing marketing strategy consulting and writing and speaking and teaching uh, ever since i started my business in uh, 2006 and and so now have three books that I've written and really love what I do because my work these days is centered around helping really talented professionals and entrepreneurs get their voices heard in an increasingly crowded and noisy marketplace. Absolutely. And what I'm about to say, I, I don't mean this lightly at all. Your website's beautiful. Um, every piece of your business that you're doing, it's so impressive. I mean, there's, there's so many accolades. It's so well put together. I just told my wife before I jumped on, I said, you got to check out her website. I said, she's awesome, but look how look how nice everything is put together. So I wanted to give you that, that hats off as well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. No problem. Very, very good. So everybody listening, you got to check it out. Very nice website. Um, you know, when I went through the website and just figuring out, you know, kind of what your essence is, the, the thing that kind of speaks to me, and you've done this very well, is the branding. You know, everything ties into branding. And I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts about the importance of building your brand. And this is for, for anybody listening. So we've got kind of your your startups is a lot of our listener base, kind of that zero to three year person, kind of trying to figure out if they're going to make it or not. Uh, some people that haven't jumped, you've got some of those as well. But tell us how important it is to, to build that brand and how you've done so successfully at such a high level. Well, Jason, the reason that I consider branding to be important is that we all know that there is a lot of competition out there in the marketplace. And especially thanks to the internet, it, it, it just gets more intense. I mean, I remember when I started my business 11 years ago, you think about like, where would you find a web designer? Well, you found them down at the, at the Chamber of Commerce. Of course you would have a local web designer because people didn't even have broadband that was powerful enough to be able to be uh, sharing files that were that big. They would be you know, giving, you, giving you files to look at on CDs and you'd need to do it in person. I mean, it was, uh, it, it was just a world apart. Now, of course, we can get websites or graphic design or any number of things from people across the globe at far cheaper prices. And so when there's these downward pressures on just about every profession because of competition, the only sustainable play is giving people a reason to pay premium prices for you, a reason to choose you rather than whoever the, the lowest bidder might be around the world. And that's where your brand comes in. Essentially, your brand is just your reputation in the marketplace. It's the reason why People say, you know what, it might cost a little bit more to work with Jason, but I feel better knowing that I can work with him because I know it's going to be high quality. Mm -hmm. I think that's very well said. And this is kind of a, a tangent. It's kind of funny, but I can remember back and I'm just going to guess maybe the early 90s when America Online was kind of becoming popular. I can remember trying to download a game on dial up and it taking like literally like an, an entire day. Oh, yeah, and so totally. And then somebody called and kicked me offline, and I lost everything. And I remember it just being like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And you know, it's come so far since then. 
But it's true. <laughs> I hope I hope you yelled at them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that takes me back. It's funny because some of the younger people listening will be like, what, "What in the world is he talking about all day?" You know. So it's definitely changed a lot. But it, I'm guessing a lot of the the foundations of branding really haven't changed. I mean, the advantage you have is you're you know you're a writer, you're a speaker. Um, you know, you're all over the place in the, in the media and stuff as well. So you just kind of get that, that constant repetition, that constant exposure. Do you think that makes a big difference? Uh, so for example, I guess let me ask it a different way. So if somebody's online and they don't have those opportunities now, um, do, do they still have a good opportunity just in the online space to, to really grow their brand and get exposure? Well, I, I think, yes. I mean, on you can do wonders online in terms of branding. And, and these days, the distinction between online and offline continues to blur. I mean, um, within the next year or two, every car on the road is going to be internet equipped. And at that point, the distinction between a podcast and the radio, for instance, becomes nominal. I mean, they're the same thing, right? If, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're um, able to, to get uh, downloads at whatever time. So I think that the distinction is blurring, but I want to, I want to be really clear. It's not that I was able to establish a, a brand, you know, because I had access to being interviewed or whatever. I, I fought like a dog to get those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And it was very much a, a strategic gambit. And it's one that anyone can do. This is, mm-hmm. this is not uh, a matter of special skills or special access. I think that, uh, that building your profile and building your platform is a really important activity for anyone. And if you are willing to put in the effort, anyone can do it. No, I love that. And I think that's something that, that people are are quick to say, well, you know, I didn't have that opportunity. But like you say, a lot of it comes down to effort. And, you know, failing is part of that process. If you continue to try over and over, uh, eventually, you know, something is going to, an opportunity is going to present itself. So I I love that because I believe that as well. So uh, very well said. So when we do think about press, uh, how important do you think press is these days for anybody that is, you know, serious about growing their followers and their fans? And, And I guess that could be, you know, like you said, with the the blurred lines, that could be even on YouTube or a big podcast or something like that as well. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I, I think that um, the traditional definition of press, of course, is, oh, are you featured in a magazine or are you interview- interviewed in the newspaper? But these days, far more people are reading news articles online, for instance, than they are uh, subscribing in general. So I, I think that the, the real question, if if we define press broadly, it's being featured in some kind of outlet or manner such that other people see it. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that, that, that is really important. I, I think that there's a lot of things that, that we can do to hasten it. Um, and just to press on the idea of, of traditional versus non-traditional, when my past book, Stand Out, was released in 2015, I really doubled down on podcasts. That was the first time that I uh, decided I would I would make a really strategic effort in doing it. And so I appeared from February to October of 2015. I appeared in 160 podcasts. Whoa! And yeah, that was a lot. And it, it was it was very much my strategy. It was my marketing strategy that uh, for the book I was going to be on as many podcasts as I possibly could in order to spread the word. How'd that work? Was it, were you happy with the results? 
I was. I mean, uh, one of the key elements that was a big deal for me was wanting to grow my email list. I uh, I, I definitely realized that was important and wanted to try to do something about it. And so on these podcasts, I would mention uh, a, a giveaway that I had, this 42-page uh, standout self-assessment workbook. And I'll just mention for your listeners, if anyone wants it, you can feel free to get it at doryclark.com slash join, J-O-I-N. Um, but anyway, I would mention that on podcasts. And over the course of the year, I was able to more than double my, uh, my email list. I increased it from 9,500 at the start of the year to more than 25,000 by the end of the year. And, and that really was was just as a result of the podcasts. Well, that's outstanding. I saw now it's up to like 43,000. Is that right? Yeah, we're, uh, we're actually up, uh, up well over 40. Yeah, that's, that's a huge list. That's great. You know, people don't, a lot of people listening don't, may not realize, but it's not easy to grow an email list. I mean, I've tried and failed many times and I've just recently started to figure out what works for me well. But it's, you know, like most things, if it were super easy, everybody would have huge lists and you know that they don't. So very nice job in what you've done there. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, something you mentioned earlier, you mentioned about the noise, uh, standing out from the noise. And it seems like in today's Instagram world, there's a, you know, for lack of a better term, there's a lot of people that, that pose as being successful and all this stuff. But, you know, the, the Internet, there's a lot of that out there. I guess there is in, in the real world as well. But uh, what, what are your ideas from kind of separating yourself from some you know, people like that? Yeah, it's it's so it's so true. It's like the famous cartoon on the internet. No one knows you're a dog. <laughs> but uh, um, I, I think that that is a problem in in the online world. You're absolutely right that there is a um, a kind of culture in some ways of of chest thumping and people uh, puffing themselves up more than than they are and so it leads to misinformation because people aren't really sure who they can listen to and who they can trust and and all of that to provide accurate information and that's actually one of the key goals of of my newest book uh, which which just came out it's called entrepreneurial you and in it I interviewed more than 50 top entrepreneurs these are people making high six seven even eight figure uh, incomes and and I wanted to really get specific with them. Um, the goal of the book is uh, talking about how people can create multiple income streams from their business. And so I interviewed these top entrepreneurs about their business models, about how specifically they make money and uh, what that process looks like, how they built out these different revenue streams for themselves. And I really tried to make it as open and transparent with, with real numbers and, and real details and data um, so that folks can read it and, and begin to create a, a kind of playbook for themselves to figure out what income streams might be most interesting or possible or advantageous for them to try. So when you kind of look back at that group of 50, do you see a lot of uh, consistency among the group as far as, hey, everybody's doing this, or, or is there a lot of variation? Well, in terms of the actual revenue streams, uh, people have different focus areas. I mean, some people um, have gone big into online courses, for instance. Other uh, other folks are, are more interested in doing live events, or you know, maybe they're kind of more in the coaching slash speaking slash uh, consulting world. Um, so, so there's a variety of paths that you can choose, all of which can potentially be lucrative. But I think in terms of the common themes that I've seen, really there's, um, there's a, a key progression. 
And that is understanding that, first of all, you need to build trust with your audience. I mean, that comes before anything, especially because of what we were talking about earlier, that in the online world, especially, uh, but, you know, just in general in business, there's a lot of charlatans out there. And so you need uh, often for a while and often for free to be providing useful, helpful information to your audience so that they can see, oh, this guy makes sense. This gal makes sense. I, I, I want to learn more. This is someone that that I trust. And so you're doing that. You also need to, uh, hopefully early on, go deep with your customers, with your target audience. Meaning, I think sometimes um, at the extremes of people who kind of want to get in on the, like, let's make money online thing, they want to immediately jump to, oh, I'll just sell something to a million people. And it's not useful. It's not helpful because they don't really even bother to understand who their audience is or what they need or what they care about. And so there's a really important phase about going deep. And you could do this, you know, perhaps it's you know, customer research and, and focus groups, you know, even better. I think it's uh, it's consulting and coaching. It's really rolling up your sleeves so that you understand what people need and how you specifically can help them. You know, what is the expertise that you're sharing? You have to have real substance behind what you do. And then once you have built up that substance, then it's time and not everybody succeeds in making this leap. And I think this is one of the crucial things that I talk about in Entrepreneurial U. You, then it's time to really leverage yourself because a lot of people may be successful entrepreneurs. They may be making very good money, but the way that they're doing it is that they are burning themselves out by trading time for dollars, just working around the clock. It's the only way they know how to make money and it's not really sustainable. And so this is where when you have that expertise and when you have the trust with your audience, you can, if you're, if you go about it the right way, um, you can expand and get more leverage, uh, such that you're doing things like maybe it's online communities or it's online courses or affiliate promotions or things like that, where you can begin to bring in more passive income. Mm -hmm. I think that's really well said. Um, the, the piece that just really grabbed my attention here recently is, uh, or I guess most recently with what you said is trading, you know, your time for dollars, you know, I, I've been guilty of that in the past of just running myself ragged. And I know that I'm exhausted when I, I can't even put together a sane thought. I'm sitting in my office and I try to think about something. I say, well, I can't even, I can't even get my thoughts straight. What am I trying to think about? Then yeah. I, then I know it's like, Hey, it's time to drink some water and go to bed. Like this is, <laughs> this is too far. So because of that, actually just in the last few months, I've placed a really heavy emphasis on, uh, like you said, passive income, um, you know, automating as much of the business as possible, because that way you can continue to give value around the clock, but you actually can uh, establish some balance and balance is healthy. I used to think that balance is for the weak, but no balance is necessary and healthy. And like you said, nobody can trade, uh, trade their, their time for dollars forever. Cause we're all human. We do wear down and we get sick and things happen. It just, um, you know, life flies by right before your eyes. So very, very important stuff there. Uh, if, yeah. you, if you kind of think back to when you were in startup mode, um, was there ever a, a time where you were like, oh, man, like this might not work out? Did you ever have that fear? For sure. For sure. Uh, I mean, there was actually a period of time that was right before my first book came out. And I had been spending a lot of time uh, writing the book, of course, and uh, and 
I suppose I, I maybe had slacked off a little bit on other marketing efforts, but sometimes to sometimes you just don't know why these things happened. But I had kind of a dry spell in terms of incoming business inquiries, and it, it was like three months, four months, five months even, where I was just not not getting anything substantive, and I started to get really worried because things had always you know, I've been in business even for six or seven years at that point, and things, you know, had always worked out, like business was coming in, it seemed relatively predictable, but it just was not happening. And I think in some ways, that that can crop up uh, just inexplicably. I mean, sometimes it's just a question of, you know, you get a bunch of people and they're all like, oh, well, you know, let's let's put this off until next quarter or, you know, whatever little individual things happen. But in the aggregate, it leads to this slump in your business or this slump in your inquiries. And it can become incredibly worrisome to you if you are self-employed and you're like, what happened? Where is this coming from? And so I definitely had some self-doubt and I, I tried to just talk myself down from it and said, look, you know, I have this book coming out and I'm sure that the book will probably open up some new opportunities. Uh, and I don't know what they are, but I think that it will probably lead to something down the road. And so I just tried to be as patient as possible. And fortunately, I had enough cash reserves that I was able to be patient. And sure enough, it, it did open up new opportunities. And I got speaking invitations and, you know, things like that. But, uh, but it was a, a very worrisome period, and I think that a lot of entrepreneurs go through it, which is why I really am a big fan of making sure that you have a lot of cash in the bank. I mean, mm -hmm. I, um, and, and I literally mean cash. I mean liquid assets just for peace of mind so that you know that if something inexplicable happens in your business or in the broader culture where things slow down, that you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's funny because I keep having this uh, this reoccurring theme of uh, it, there's no financial education taught in our schools. Like that theme keeps coming up with people in the podcast and people in conversation and just in life. And the more I look around and realize it, there's some really smart people I know that have uh, put themselves in horrible places financially. It's just you know, and you, you start to ask yourself like, what's what's the bigger problem here? But you know, I was never taught about money, so. Um, you know, there, there's a big void there and not to get off on a side tangent or anything, but there is definitely, that's great advice because a lot of people have no plan or the plan is the MasterCard or the Visa and we all know how dangerous that can be. So yeah, if you've got liquid assets of cash, that's super, super smart. So if you think back to the, the startup phase, startup days, uh, even the story you just shared, uh, what three tips would you offer for people in startups who want to survive, who want to make it? Uh, looking back over everything you've done, what would you say? So one tip, just to continue, Jason, with the with the finance theme, something that I did that I am glad that I did is w right around the time that I started my business, I actually bought my first condo, and I made a deliberate choice. I bought a place that you know, which was beautiful. It was a great condo, but it was actually in a you know quote unquote, less desirable neighborhood, kind of an emerging neighborhood. And I did that very deliberately because I wanted to be able to have a place that I felt that I could comfortably afford. I wanted to live below my means because I didn't want to have 
the pressure on me of, of entrepreneurship. Um, I think it does terrible things to your business if you feel like, oh my gosh, I have to accept this assignment. That's a terrible assignment because I need the money. You know, when you when you start having to make choices like that, and and there, you know they're the wrong choices, but you're doing it because of financial pressures, that is really demoralizing, and it's kind of dangerous for the business over the long term. So I wanted to give myself enough cushion, and living below my means was one way to do it, that I could get things set up properly. Um, so that would be number one. Uh, a second thing that I would suggest is. I recommend to people that early on, they try to accrue as much social proof as possible. And uh, what I mean by this, this is something that I teach in my online course that I do, Recognized Expert. There's really three key components to becoming a recognized expert in your industry. Uh, One is content creation because you need obviously need to share your ideas in order for people to know that your ideas are good. Uh, number two is uh, your network, because of course that's, that's important. Uh, your network helps you vet which ideas are good and which aren't, and they're also your earliest ambassadors in spreading the message. But the third, and, and very important, is social proof, which is uh, just a term borrowed from psychology, which essentially means your credibility. Um, What are the credentials that you have? Why should people listen to you? And so early on, as you're trying to distinguish yourself in the marketplace, the more name brands that you can find a way to attach to yourself, the better. And so this would involve things like... like, uh, for instance, trying to blog for well-known publications, or maybe it would be um, taking a leadership role in your local or regional professional association, or uh, if it's perhaps uh, land trying to trying really hard. Um, over-investing in trying to land a marquee client. Because if you say, oh, well, I've done work for so-and-so, then everyone would say, oh, wow, okay, yeah, well, we've got to have him or we've got to have her in there. So so those are things that I think would be important. No, that's great. And what's what's funny is I don't even think I asked this question. I have written down, um, you know, what three ways can you help these people stand out from the crowd? And I don't think I asked that, but you answered that anyway. So I was sitting here kind of smiling like, well, that's perfect. But no, I, I think that's great. I think those are things that, that people, like I'll tell you the social proof thing. Like I, once upon a time, I didn't pay much attention to it because I didn't really think it mattered. But then you start realizing, like you say, it doesn't matter what you do online. There's so many other people doing it. You've got to do something to stand out. And there's plenty of people that um, you, you find out very quickly that don't have credibility. So you definitely don't want to be viewed in that group. So I totally get that. Um, when you look at your business, you've got the, the speaking, you've got the writing, you've got the coaching, uh, the marketing. What aspect of your business would you say has had the biggest impact on the business as a whole? You know, probably the driver around which everything else is organized are the books that I've written, uh, Reinventing You, Stand Out, and now Entrepreneurial You. And the reason for that is that even even now, even in an era where the publishing industry is a little bit under pressure, um, books really do have a disproportionate impact in terms of how people view you and uh, that, that they enable you to be seen as an expert in what you're talking about. And so a lot of speaking business in particular has been driven off of the books. And 
uh, also books give you a central organizing principle f around which your press can be organized. So if you have a new book, well, that's obviously a good excuse for you to, you know, get on a podcast or be interviewed for, uh, for a magazine or something like that. And so I think that those are some key areas. Um, so I, I would, I would say the, the book is probably something that has had trickle down effects. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And I, I uh, once upon a time, I worked in the publishing industry and I actually have a book I've been working on for about 18 months and it's really close to being done. And to get, you know, as many books out as you have, it's not easy. I mean, there's, a, as you know, there's a lot of people that say I want to write a book and very few actually get it to the point of publishing. So that in itself is a, is a big accomplishment. And I can guess that you probably have more books in, in you too, don't you? <laughs> Probably. Right now, I'm uh, I'm so occupied uh, publicizing entrepreneurial you. The the last thing I want to think about is what's the next one. But uh, but yeah, probably. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, speaking of that, what's next for you? So you're going to be working on this marketing campaign for the new book probably for quite a while. Uh, do you have anything down the road or even next year that you're thinking about as far as another project? Yeah, you know, I um, I'm I'm really excited next year to uh, to focus in even more on honing the marketing strategy around my online course, Recognized Expert. That's going to be something that I'll be focusing on. And outside of the business world, uh, something that, that I think will be kind of fun and interesting is that I've been accepted into a program uh, that's it's called the BMI Musical Theater Fellowship Program. And it's a two-year training program to uh, to train the, uh, the next crop, the next generation of musical theater writers. And so that is going to be something that I'm doing on the side to uh, just expand my skills and break into a new area. Wow, that's really, really cool. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. No problem at all. So if somebody listening would like to check out your books, join that email list, see your website, what's the best way for them to find all of that? Yeah, thank you so much, Jason. Um, if folks would like to uh, to get in touch, read articles, etc., uh, the best place to go is doryclark.com, and uh, it's D-O-R-I-E-C-L-A-R-K.com. And I also do have a free resource. It is the 88-question entrepreneurial you self-assessment, which helps walk people through step-by-step -step how to think about creating multiple income streams in their own business. And so if anyone would like to get that, uh, you can grab it for free at doryclark.com slash entrepreneur. Awesome. Well, I really, really appreciate you coming on. It's been a pleasure, and uh, I love all the nuggets that you shared with us today, too. Jason, thanks so much. All right. We are back to the show. Good stuff, right? Told you it would be. Dory, if you're listening, thank you. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate uh, everything you shared with us as well. Very, very good stuff there. If you guys listening want to check out the show notes from today's episode, Simply go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 96. Four away from the 100. Almost there. We will be there just in the nick of time right before the year's over. So, very cool. All right, guys. As you go throughout your weeks this week, uh, stay focused. Keep pushing hard. And if something's not working or not working as well as you want to, don't be scared to do something new. Don't just do things because that's what you've always done. Thank you for your ear. Talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to Intentionally Inspirational. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We look forward to having you join us next week for another great episode.